What's up guys, Combat Addict here. Welcome to another edition of the Combat Review. Biggest news out this week, hands down, hands down the biggest news, is that Khabib the Eagle Nurmagomedov is retiring. Alright. He promised someone that he wouldn't continue to fight without his father, and this would be his last fight in the UFC. And so he retired 29-0, and and his last wish was that he be put at the top of the pound-for-pound -pound rankings. Now, I'm not sure if Habib was thinking of retiring before he made this promise or not, because to be honest, this is the kind of promise you didn't have to make. But I understand that he's got people in his life that he loves and he cares about. And, you know, if they don't want him to fight anymore, he's not going to do that. I'm not going to look, I'm not looking down on him for that. But I have to admit that uh, it seems to me that Habib doesn't love fighting the way that other people love fighting. I mean, Habib might enjoy fighting and enjoy winning and enjoy being the most dominant, enjoy being the best, but he doesn't have the hunger for competition uh, that is explicitly stated. And what I mean by that is I've never heard Habib say, I love to fight. I've never even heard him say, I love to grapple or I love to wrestle. You know, he's always talking about how this whole thing was his father's him and his father's dream or his father's dream, you know. Um, but on his retirement, I mean, he's, he's basically just said that he, he made a commitment to somebody else. And that's why he's, he's peacing, right? Now, I just want to read something that he said about this his retirement he said of course Dana wants me to continue fighting and generate revenue I can make money myself I'm at the peak of my career and can fight for very large purses but I made this decision and I think this is the best time not everyone can retire at their peak but I know that in a year or two or five I'd have to face that decision again I did enough in the sport to be considered the best. Today, I was ranked as the number one pound-for-pound -pound fighter. So the mission is accomplished. What else is there to do? Make money? I'll always be able to do that. Now, first off, can I just say that when Habib made this request to be pound-for-pound -pound number one, I don't think anybody or we'll get to that, but I don't think most people had an objection to it. I mean, by far the most dominant combat sports athlete in 29 fights. And this is what we're thinking at the time, right? The most dominant athlete in, in, in combat in combat sports um, hasn't even bled in the cage. Doesn't look like anybody is going to defeat him at any point, anytime soon. Um, beat m multiple, a multiple world world champion UFC fighter in Conor McGregor, beat 
interim chance uh interim champion Dustin Poirier beat interim champion an interim champion uh Justin Gaethje right uh beat contender Michael Johnson beat contender Edson Barboza and his father passed and his father was a huge part of the MMA community, a huge part of Russia's MMA and grappling scene. So that adds this level of empathy to it where you're like, you know, not just, not only did he just completely run through Justin Gaethje, but also he's been, he's been struggling this entire time with the death of his father. He breaks down in the octagon and he asks to be pound for pound number one. Everybody in the world is obviously going, yes. Yes, you're pound for pound number one. But then he said in this quote, what else is there? And this is something that I wanted to point out when I when I saw that he said what else is there I was sort of surprised because technically what else is there you know what other things there are are people now I can see how he might think well I beat Justin Gaethje so technically I beat Tony Ferguson However, he never had the opportunity to fight another ground specialist at the highest levels. So there's that. He hasn't fought Charles Oliveira or Dan Hooker. So there's that. And he never ended up fighting Tony Ferguson. Now, I might just not count that because Justin Gaethje beat Ferguson pretty decisively. And it's like, well, you know, if you beat the guy who beat somebody else, then you beat both of them. Technically, that's not true, though, because we know that MMA math doesn't really work that way. All that being said, my point is that there is still something left. I mean, there are people left. And I was one of these people, no lie. I mean, I was so emotionally overtaken by the whole occurrence that, you know, him winning and, you know, Abdul Manap and everything like this. That I was, after the fight, I was like, well, he's basically the greatest of all time. I mean, he's the greatest of all time. I don't know who's going to beat him. He's the most dominant. No one has lost to, no, like, we haven't had this many people lose to somebody in this fashion where they haven't even been challenged before ever. He's the greatest of all time. I'm thinking this to myself. As the days go by, though, and I'm hearing, uh, I'm thinking, and even hearing words from somebody who I actually don't like all that much, and we'll get into that later, I feel a little bit differently about it, and I'll explain why in a bit, but first, let's go to one of the people who's left. Let's go to the one of the people who's left, okay? Tony Ferguson says, I'm ready for a belt. That's why I said I'm going to throw a bit of media out there. I have done it because I haven't had a reason before, even because I didn't want to scare Habib away. But even without fucking fighting that bitch, I made him retire. <laughs> so like I said, props to you right off into the sunset with your fucking hat. 
when you come back, I'll put my <laughs> I'll put my fucking baseball hat against your hat and we'll have a nice cultured exchange. Ali Abdelaziz, Abdelaziz, sorry, did his job. He kept his clients safe, kept him away from very dangerous opponents. I mean, the Russians, they avoided me at all fucking costs. They ran fucking Dagestani, ran with his tail between his legs. But you know what? He's off in the sunset. I have to give him props. Go handle your family business, and I'll see you when you get, get here, because you're going to miss it like Connor. So, you know what? I'm calling it out again. He's going to be back, so I'll be fucking ready. Now, this coupled with an opinion of John Jones, which, by the way, we'll talk about John Jones, started to get me thinking. Not because I think John Jones is the greatest of all time, because he isn't. But because it's like, even though I grew up in the Anderson Silva era, I never really got to watch Anderson Silva at work. Uh, I didn't have access to pay-per-views the way that I would have liked to. Um, but I know that he is, without a doubt, one of the, the most dominant middleweight champion of all time. And he did it with striking, not grappling. Um, that being said, there was an opportunity in which Anderson Silva could have lost, seriously. Uh, and he pulled off a last-minute triangle victory on Chael Sonnen. Uh, and when he did lose finally to Chris Weidman, it really was like he lost because he just got too cocky, not because he didn't have the skills to beat Chris Weidman. Um, so that is an example of someone who, like, Habib is competing with. We're talking about people who at the championship level have been at the championship level for years. We're talking about people like Demetrius Johnson. We got to remember that someone like Demetrius Johnson technically would be better than Habib in that he's more rounded and was just as, if not more dominant. So the truth is, Habib's not the greatest of all time. He might be the greatest grappler we've ever seen. He may be the greatest lightweight that's ever been in that division. Like maybe he's the greatest lightweight, but he's not the greatest of all time. Um, now, even if he was the greatest of all time, can I just say that all that Israel Adesanya would need to do in my personal opinion to, to take the spot of greatest of all time would be to win six more title fights. If he can win six more, then he, in my opinion, is a better fighter than Habib in terms of overall greatness. Not even six more. That's not even fair to him. Because technically, we're talking about four title defenses here that Habib had. So, Izzy won it from, people say from Kevin Gastelum, Let's say, let's, let's go by like the, the, let's not go by opinion. Let's go by what really has gone down here. He took it from Rob, right? 
Defended against Romero. Defended against Costa. He's got like two more defenses. And he's already tied with Habib. With respect to being an undefeated champion with four, uh, four defenses. And that's if we're not including the Kelvin Gastelum fight. So somebody like Israel Adesanya is already hot on the tail of Habib Nurmagomedov. This, or this, or this is my opinion. But that's if Habib is the greatest of all time. And I don't think he is. I said he was. When he won that fight, I was like, oh, he's the greatest of all time. Because I was just so emotionally overwhelmed in the moment. But thinking about it now, I'm realizing that he's not the greatest of all time. He's probably the most dominant grappler we've ever seen. So he's probably the greatest grappler of all time. I mean, if we're talking about what he can do to people in the cage with his grappling. But he is not the greatest MMA fighter of all time. And he's also not perfectly rounded. His striking, he couldn't be the greatest of all time in the sense that he doesn't have... Well, I mean... My personal opinion is that the greatest of all time needs to be the most rounded and dominant champion possible. So he's got decent striking, I will say, but it's not as if we've seen enough of it that you could say he's got enough striking to be considered the greatest MMA fighter. All this being said, though, we've got John Jones upset. Undefeated, undisputed, unmatched. Number one pound for pound in the rankings is Habib Nurmagomedov. And John Jones replies on on Twitter saying that this is number one bullshit, which is very funny. Um, let's hear what John has to say. Let's hear what John has to say. I'm talking to all you Khabib fans out there. Fifteen world titles. To your guys four and you guys are really talking about who's the best fighter ever you guys are joking right 15 to 4 are you guys kidding me the only person that could possibly come back and challenge my record for what i've done in the ufc is possibly george st pierre he would have to come back and win two championship fights to tie me and i'm not even retired yet i'm 33 years old I got a whole nother chapter to go through. You guys are nuts. I love you guys so much. Hope you guys all have a great day. 15 world championships to four. And if all you guys are going with this, he's more dominant argument. The guy just recently started fighting elite level competition. Could you imagine me against the number 10th ranked guy? I'm talking to all, all you right. could be. Listen, I am not a fan of John Jones. Uh, I actually believe that he was doing drugs for a long time. Uh, I had done some research a couple of years ago and found that Terinabol, the drug that was in his system, found in trace amounts uh, uh, 
could likely have been there because it was stored in fatty tissue. But in order for something like that, for those metabolites to be stored in fatty tissue, there would have had to have, there would have needed to be enough of it in his system to actually be stored as fat. They were saying that something like that could be stored in his body for a very long time and then be released uh, through, you know, cutting weight, working out, etc. This was before the Gustafson fight, I believe. The second one, where he popped again. Now, the research that I did basically made me think that in order for him to have... In order for him to have gotten that Turinabol in, in his system, at those low trace levels, it's unlikely to me that he would have gotten it from a tainted supplement or something like that. My theory was that it was trapped in his fat and then it was released when he was working out. That's why he pops so much, because he's taken it in the past. It's in his body, stored in, in whatever fat he does have, and it gets released. So at some point, my opinion is that he was taking steroids. Not only this, but it's clear to me, as well as everybody else, that John has slowed down, I would say, since his last drug um, scandal. Now, I don't know if you want to argue that that's because he's getting older, but I don't see how you could, considering he's 33. He's supposed to be the best he's ever been. Now, unless John Jones is just stagnant and everyone else is just becoming so much better than he is, it would make sense to me that his performance waning all of a sudden might be, might be linked to the fact that perhaps that in the past he was doing performance enhancing drugs. Now, if you want to suggest that John Jones is telling the truth and that the amount of of Turinabal in his system was a pinch in a swimming pool, okay, and it couldn't have affected his, his performance in any way. Once again, I just want to remind you that the point that I'm trying to make is that he didn't maybe juice for the Gustafson fight, but perhaps prior to the Gustafson fight, he juiced enough that it was stored in his fat and released later. So, Perhaps the performance enhancement happened before the Gustafson fight. In either way, either way you became better at some point because you did drugs. So, so that argument to me is it's sort of inconsequential. The fact that it was in your system at all in trace amounts makes me believe that it's entirely possible you did these drugs. Now, not only is it entirely possible that he did these drugs, we know for a fact that John Jones is a liar. We know this. It's not a question of whether or not John Jones is a liar. And, and, and even if you don't want to admit that John Jones is a liar straight out for reasons that I will get into shortly, it is 100% the case that John Jones is a delinquent with respect to his behavior. I think that that's sort of redundant. But one thing that is 100% true 
is that John Jones, after swearing to everybody that his problems were behind him and that he was going to be a good boy during quarantine, was drunk with, with I believe, I believe marijuana and I think a weapon in his car driving around or about to go drive. John Jones was arrested like a month after he told everybody that he, he, he had gotten his act together. And if you watch the video of him being arrested, the entire time he is lying to the cops and feeding them nonsense BS. This is why I say that John Jones is a compulsive liar. Because either he's lied about getting himself together or he's lying to the cops. Well, it's both. Because it's clear that he's drunk and they did find these these things on his on his person and in his vehicle. Alright. They did arrest him. He was doing the wrong thing. And lied about it. So, this is the kind of guy who's going to drunk drive. Like, after being caught driving drunk multiple times. Like, this is the kind of guy who doesn't care... That people could die because he's driving drunk. He's just going to do it anyways. This is the guy who bragged about doing coke. 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 Right before a fight. Alright. He's not an honest individual. So anybody who wants to tell me that John Jones never did. Like his performance enhancing drugs. Your burden of proof is massive. Because we have multiple examples of him just being a horrible person. Devoid of any character. And examples of him straight up lying to the public. About who he is. And, 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 and lying to the police about what he's doing. You've got to, in, you've got to prove to me. That the person with that character. Also doesn't believe that he could get away with doing performance enhancing drugs. If you believe that you can get away with driving drunk, why wouldn't you believe that you can get away with doing performance-enhancing drugs? Why is it that you've popped for drugs multiple times? Are we all just supposed to be like, oh, this is just a massive coincidence, and he also just happens to be one of the greatest fighters of all time? Oh, it was a tainted supplement. If he wasn't doing drugs in the... The recent, recent fights that he's had, he, he could have been doing it in the fights of the past. And would that surprise any of us? Not only that, has anybody else heard about the cage story? The story where John Jones is hiding under a cage? I'm pretty sure Chael Sonnen was the one who, was, who told us about that. I trust Chael. Right? Not only that, John, I think he admitted, didn't he admit to being under the cage? Yeah, no, he admitted to hiding under the cage, but it was for, for a different reason. Like, I think he, he, he admitted that he hid under the cage because of, like, like, marijuana or something. Don't quote me on that. But he has even admitted that he hid under the cage. When, the, when, when he said it was the Nevada State Athletic Commission that came in. And not USADA. But I don't know. Who knows? I don't trust John. 
and you shouldn't either. I don't know why you would. So, so I don't like John Jones because uh, I think that he's cheated, and um, I I also think that he's actually got he he doesn't have a very good character. I think that in what was March, he was still driving drunk at 33 or 32 or however old he was at that time. Like, are you kidding me? You've been in trouble with the law so many times. You had an interview with Ariel where you told everybody that everything was fine. And now you're risking the lives of everyone on the street? Yeah, I don't like him. I don't like him. So I so so maybe I'm biased, but I don't think that John Jones is the greatest of all time. I think he used performance enhancing drugs at some point, and I think that you're automatically disqualified if you do that. Like t for example, TJ Dillashaw in my opinion is not going to be the greatest of all. It doesn't matter what TJ Dillashaw does at this point. Unless he unless he somehow manages to but what well, the, the problem is you'll never be able to trust anything that he achieves because he get, he gets busted for drugs. Right? Um, look, man. Uh, that's why I don't think that John Jones is the greatest of all time. However, everyone acts as if he didn't do the drugs. That's how everyone acts. So... That being said, even if John Jones was the greatest of all time, like let's just acquiesce that John Jones is the greatest of all time, hypothetically. Let's just say that that's true. Even if that's true, John, this man's father just died. He's literally put his heart and soul into something. He's a two-time combat samba world champion. He's dominated every opponent he's fought except for one. Okay? He's on his way out of the UFC. You can't just let him have the pound for pound spot for like a week. Or until he's officially retired. Like you're going to get the spot back right away. Like why do you have to say anything? John, shut, shut the hell up. Do you understand that this means something to him and his family? This isn't about you. It's and my and my point is we're not going to do this every time somebody requests to be the pound for pound number 1 and I've even so, said already. I told you. I don't believe that Habib is the greatest of all time. But that being said, it's kind of like a gesture. It's not really about like whether or not he is 100% the greatest of all time. It's probably more so about um, Abdulmanap, Habib, and the journey that they went on. This isn't about John, and the fact that John made it about John is the most John thing that John could do. John is the type of person I just described to you prior to this, the kind of person who would do that. Somebody who would go and drive around drunk at 33, is definitely also the guy who would tone deftly, not at least just let this gesture slide. The dude is retired. 
His name isn't even going to be on the rankings in like two weeks if he's actually retired, right? If he sticks around, then maybe you can make a case for why he shouldn't be there. You know what I mean? But, um, for right now, John, just like, just bite the, hold your tongue. Like, just, just chill, man. Why are you trying to ruin, ruin this moment? This guy has literally lost the most important thing to him. And all he wants to be is ranked pound for pound number one. That's it. I think it's a gesture. I don't think that Habib is, you know, 100% pound for pound number one. If, if we are including... If we are including all of John's wins, which I don't because I believe he was using drugs, but, but, but assuming that they're true, Habib is not pound for pound number one. Okay. Now. I, I I guess I guess my question is how long how long is Habib going to be pound for pound number one? If Habib stayed if Habib stayed um in the UFC. Like he said, he decided, you know what? I'm breaking my promise. I'm still fighting. I don't know if you could keep him there at pound for pound number one. Because unfortunately, unfortunately, John has a point. It's like we have. We have forgotten that John slayed dragons years ago. But if the pound for pound rankings aren't about what you've done years ago and what you've done lately, then technically John is not pound for pound number one. I don't know how these pound for pound rankings work. But technically, John Jones couldn't be pound for pound number one because in his last fight, he almost lost. Actually, a lot of people think he did lose. So I don't think you could say that you're like an extremely dominant champion or something like that if that's your claim to fame. If it's about what you've done lately, well, lately, Habib has taken out Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, and Justin Gaethje. These guys are all championship caliber. And he did it like, he didn't do it, like it didn't, it was no sweat off of his back. Now, I understand you might want to say, well, I took out Gustafson. I took out Lionheart Smith. If it's based on what has happened lately, 
just based on Habib's record alone, you would give him pound for pound number one. But if it's based on what people have done all time, like all time of like the entirety of this fighter's career, who is pound for pound number one? It's very hard to see how Habib could stay pound for pound number one. It's very hard to see how that could happen. Um, because John has literally slayed dragons. Uh, so, and once again, this is me, this is me taking for granted that John, irrespective of all of his drugs, has these wins on his record. But I think that they should let Habib sit there for however long, you know, you know, he, cause he's not fighting anymore. Right. So let him sit there for like a month or something. And then it's okay. Okay. Habib is not, Habib is not active anymore. Let's take him out. That's what I think about that. That's my opinion about that. Um, But, you know, speaking of the lightweight division, it's kind of a question of what happens now. Um, looking at the rankings and just, like, let me tell you something right now. This is, Dana White is upset, I'm sure, sad that Habib is leaving, but you guys do realize that Dustin Poirier is going to fight for a title in January, right? You know that that's what's about to happen. It's not even a question of whether or not they're going to give the title bout to Conor McGregor and Dustin Poirier in January. I mean, it's a layup. Habib just, like, Habib literally said, whoever beats Dustin Poirier gets to fight me. If we're going based off of what Habib said, at this point, it's Dustin Poirier fights for the belt. If Dustin Poirier doesn't fight for the belt and they do some weird, crazy, like, man, if it's Dustin, if it's, if it's anybody other than Dustin Poirier, I don't even care if they don't have Connor fighting for it. Now, don't, don't get me wrong. I want to see Connor fight for it. All I'm saying is, I have been an advocate for Dustin Poirier for the past, like, three weeks. This man needs his title shot. You need to give it to him, and you you need to pay him for it. I don't care who he fights. He just needs to fight somebody for that belt. And I, on, on, I swear to good God, if they give Michael Chandler the opportunity to take this belt, I will personally find Dana White and slap him with my hand. I do, I do not care. I will fly to Abu Dhabi on my own dime without a mask. I don't care about my own safety. And I will slap Dana White with the bare knuckles of my hand. I don't care. If Dustin Poirier does not fight for this belt, I am actually going to lose my mind. I am going to snap and burn every house within a two kilometer radius. I don't care. I am so serious. Dustin Poirier has been putting in work. His last fight with Dan Hooker was a gosh darn slobber knocker. 
He's ranked number two. Gaethje just had his shot. Tony lost to Gaethje. Connor's willing to fight. Give Dustin Poirier the opportunity to take that belt. All that being said, we got Charles Oliveira out here asking for a fight. Dubronx, who I've made a video about in the past, I love Charles Oliveira. I originally fell in love with this guy because he was a jujitsu whiz and I thought that that was extremely cool. But it turns out he's got hands. He's got hands. And he said, ah, he said, I'm ready. I come from seven victories in a row and only Poirier and I are coming from the victory of all these fighters who posted. I am ready. I deserve this chance. You will not regret it. I feel bad for Charles because the truth is he's not going to get this fight. He at number six wants to fight Dustin Poirier. But the truth is Dustin Poirier doesn't even want that fight. I mean, look, I'm not saying that I wouldn't want to see a Charles Oliveira fight because I want to see Charles Oliveira fight all these guys. You know, I, I love Charles Oliveira. But the truth is, Dustin Poirier is trying to get paid now. He's matured and he's realized that this is business for him. And he he's even said that if he if he had to get the Tony fight or the Connor fight, he'd take the Connor fight. It's the bigger fight. There is no way in hell that he's taken a fight with Charles Oliveira. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor are already set for the, what was it, the 24th or the 21st? I think it's the 24th. Or is it the 23rd? I don't know. They're set for a fight already, though. Um, and the belt is vacant. How much more money can you make? Like, really? I mean, I. the only reason that the fight between Conor and Poirier wouldn't happen is because now that it's a title fight, they may want a live audience and postpone it. Like they may say, no, 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 we can no longer do, we can no longer do this fight in January. Habib is retired. There is no way in hell we are doing a title fight in January. That is, that is something I can see the UFC doing. They would do something like that because on, I, I, on some level, these guys are about the dollar signs. But if they don't, if they're down, and I hope that they're down, I really hope that they're down. Because it really doesn't matter whether or not there's a live crowd or not. Look, man, you get Conor McGregor in a, in, in a ring with Dustin Poirier, people are buying that pay-per-view. I don't care. I would buy that pay-per-view twice. You understand what I'm saying? I, 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 I would buy that pay-per-view most definitely. And I'm actually rooting for Dustin Poirier. I have told people or told you all this. I am rooting for Dustin Poirier. Not because I don't like Conor McGregor. I love Conor McGregor, okay? But I feel that Dustin Poirier... Needs so badly to get this title shot again. He needs it, man. He deserves it. I'm buying that pay-per-view for both those fighters. I also think it would be a great fight. I think it would be a great fight. I do see... I honestly do kind of see Poirier getting knocked out, though. Because the way that he fights... Like, he gets hit quite a bit. And you can only take so many punches from Conor McGregor. 
that's the only reason why. I don't think that Poirier's got like a, a lack skill set or something like that. But I do think that if you're going to try to fight Conor McGregor the way that you fought Dan Hooker, you're going to get knocked out. Like, Conor McGregor has got something in his hands that people can't even describe. It's like, man, it's dynamite. I don't know how the hell he's got power like that. It's that crazy back and that long clavicle that he's got. It's just like, it's insane, man. He just touches people and they go to sleep. Like, he just, if, I mean, if you think about it like this, Poirier fought, what was it? Like a full, like a full three rounds with Eddie Alvarez, was it? Or was there a finish in there? I can't even remember now. Connor just put Alvarez to sleep. Like he just put him down over and over and over again. There's something about his power. And I just don't think that Poirier's fighting style is is well set to match that. I think that Poirier is about getting dirty. You know what I mean? Like he is a hard fighter. And you can't do that with Conor McGregor. Like you can't, you can't take damage because it's not even like you're taking damages. You're just taking unconsciousness after a point, you know. So, yeah, I mean, let's not forget what happened to Jose Aldo. He'll just switch your lights out. But uh, I'd be rooting for Poirier though, because I think that Poirier, man, he. he he gets kind of shifted, you know. Connor's got so much already. He's already got a world title. He's already a billionaire, you know. Let's let's root for the little guy, <laughs> the little guy. Let's root for the guy who's not as big, is what I mean to say. Um, but Charles Oliveira is not getting that fight, even though he's on a seven-fight win streak. He's ranked number six. His best bet. His best bet honestly, would have been to ask to fight Tony Ferguson because at least that way he can get the next title shot. I don't know who Dan Hooker's going to fight because he just took a loss to Poirier. He beat Paul Felder. Honestly, they might try to have Dan Hooker and Charles Oliveira fight. And if they, if they try that, Look, man, Dan Hooker's built is Dan Hooker's build is just made to 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 ruin Charles Oliveira. Dan Hooker is a big old man, and Charles Oliveira does not take down. Actually, he's gotten better at his takedowns lately. He's better with his takedowns now. I don't see I don't see him being able to hold Dan Hooker on the ground though, and I don't see Dan Hooker going to the ground. And honestly. Charles Oliveira tapped to strikes of Paul Felder, all right? I don't know if he'd do that now, but one thing is for damn sure. Dan Hooker is not going for a takedown on Charles Oliveira, and Charles Oliveira, I do not believe, is going to be able to outstrike uh, Dan Hooker. I mean, Dan Hooker trains with Israel Adesanya. Do you really think that he's going to be able to, to handle Dan Hooker? I don't think so. I think that the better fight for Charles Oliveira, interestingly enough, might, might be Tony Ferguson in that, if he he might have an easier time getting Tony Ferguson to the ground because Tony Ferguson might actually go to the ground with him. But even that fight is very risky. I, I don't know. Very risky.
But Dan Hooker is a tall, lumbering man. There's, I don't know how you're going to get. And the thing is, he's got power. You know, he's got power, Charles Oliveira. He does. So it's not all just the ground game. And he can strike. That's the truth. He can strike. But I've already seen Dan Hooker go toe-to-toe with Paul Felder and Dustin Poirier and hold his own. So, like, I haven't seen Charles Oliveira take on a striker of that pedigree. Actually, did he fight Barboza? No, he didn't fight Barboza. And even then, Barboza is a kicking specialist. Anyways, man, um, Charles Oliveira is working on his striking. He's a lot better, but I don't know who he's about to fight in this division, man. I don't know who he's about to fight because none, none of these fights are easy. Every single fight in the lightweight division is hard. Every single one, man. And this is like, this is the division, right? Like this is the division, but I have predicted and I'm going to say it again. I really believe that the the 135s that's about to be the division man this is about to be a division they've got some some good guys in here 155 is just like the most entertaining division right now though it just is and 185 just because of Izzy just every time Izzy fights it's a good time who does Izzy fight next though does he fight Rob next i guess i guess he's got to fight Rob the truth is, he's got to fight Rob. He's got to fight Rob again. And after that, like, we just got to hope that Darren can get past, like, <sighs> Cannoneer or something. So that Izzy has some new new competition. Because he's got, he's got, like, one, two fights left in this division before it's like, all right, well... I either beat you or beat somebody who beat you. So at that point, he's going to be fighting John. I think my, my opinion, I believe that he is going to be fighting John probably like a year and a half from now, like two years at most, he's going to fight John because he's going to take out Whitaker maybe Till gets a title shot. That'll probably take a year. And then he's going to fight John. Because I'm looking at it and I'm like, what? So it's Rob, Paulo, Jared, Jack, Yoel, Darren, Derek. Wait, he's, he's almost fought all these guys. Kelvin. That's like, that's like the eighth ranking. That's all, that's all eight that are ranked under him right now. Beat Rob, beat Paulo, beat Jared, Jared beat Jack, beat Yoel, Robert beat Darren, beat Derek Brunson, beat Kelvin Gastelum. <laughs> like, who do we have that is going to take this man on? Who do we really have? Anyways, man. Um, so Rogero Camoes or 
I think that's how you pronounce his name. The personal trainer for, to Anderson Silva says that in every conversation I've ever had with Silva, he always says he doesn't want to stop, that he still wants to fight, that he's that he fights because he loves it and still is very determined to keep fighting. Now, apparently the, the fight with Uriah Hall that's going to happen on the 31st is supposed to be the last fight that Anderson Silva has. A lot of people would doubt it. I think it will be. I think he's not going to fight again in the UFC. I think that um, he's he's had his time. He's had his time to, to, to do this. And, and there have been injuries left, right, and center in his career. So I think it's time for him to stop. But they're saying that he might fight outside of the UFC. And to that, I say... Okay, the truth is, if he fights outside the UFC in some like small promotion in Brazil, truthfully, no one is going to want to fight him. But if he does fight anybody, he's probably just going to starch them. You know, because he's used to fighting, you know, top UFC talent. If he goes to some other small circuit to fight somebody, he'll be all right. But I don't think he's going to go fight in Bellator or something. I don't think that's the plan. I don't think it's like a horrible idea, though. If he wants to fight still, you know, let him fight. All right, check this out. Check this out, guys. Everybody remember this? Stays behind this one. Oh, look at this! Couple of kids stepping in the door. And again, is Kute Lama still on his feet? Draw! Three head kicks in a row. He's out on his feet. And he stops it. And Kute Lama disagrees. Kevin McDonald stepped in. I get the security in there for Kevin McDonald's safety. All right. Now, I remember when this happened, and, or remember seeing this, and I got a couple things to say about it. Firstly, Ion Kutelavo was trying to play possum, I guess. The stoppage was early. But if you're going to play possum, don't expect the ref not to believe you. <laughs> the reason I showed you guys that clip there was just to give you that opinion. But then to say that if you watched UFC 254, you saw this fight happen. It was the first fight on, first fight on the main card. And Ian Kutelaba got exactly what he wanted. He got his ass whooped and slept. Slept bad. Like I'm talking his head was bouncing off the canvas. Like this guy Magomed and I and Kalaev crushed him. And now there are no doubts. And I literally have brought this up just to say, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> I 
because I'm sure that thinking is not going to be the same for Eon for the next like two weeks at least. Um, next fight on the court, Lauren Murphy. I'm pretty sure she got a rear naked choke. She performed all right. Phil Hawes and Jacob Malkoon. That was the next fight. Everybody keep an eye on Phil Hawes. That man is a savage. Dynamite in his hand. Killer instinct. I can see it. I can see it, man. I need to follow that guy on Instagram right now. If I'm not following him already. I actually think I might be following him already. I wonder if I saw him on the Contender Series or something. Alexander Volkov beat Walt Harris in what I what I think is probably like the the most demeaning way to lose a fight not because I believe that it you should be actually you know feeling bad for losing to this losing in this way but because I think this is just like I think I've heard that if you lose to like a body shot it's like humiliating um he lost to a body shot he got kicked in the stomach and just went and he went down so Alexander Volkov took his took his stomach away from him. I don't think there's any there's any um shame in in losing because of a body shot. There's nothing wrong with that. Um It kind of sucks because I'm sure that after the original pain is gone, you sort of realize that you could have kept fighting and that you would have been fine. But to be honest, Alexander Volkov looked like he was winning that fight either way. Uh, Robert Whitaker had a good performance against Jared Cannonier. Robert Whitaker needs to learn how to check leg kicks. That's for damn sure. And Jared Cannonier almost had his soul taken from him by Robert. There was that, what was it, a right kick? A right kick to the dome. Almost took Jared's soul. He was tumbling all over the place and of course we also had Habib triangle triangle submitting Gaethje in the second round now Gaethje clearly needs to work on his jujitsu because honestly I don't know how he didn't see the triangle coming or if he did it's impressive to me that Habib was able to pull it off the way that he did even though they all rolled you know they rolled over But Habib performed, I mean, he looked so good. It's unbelievable. I mean, he just he just looked like a whole different caliber of athlete in there. It makes me upset that Habib isn't fighting anymore. But, I mean, damn, what are you going to do, right? These things happen. Anyways, man. If you made it to this point in the in the podcast, I just want to say thank you for listening to me talk about something that I'm relatively passionate about. I enjoy the UFC. I enjoy fighting. I enjoy grappling. I enjoy these things. And uh, the fact that people are out here actually listening to this podcast blows my mind, man. Apparently, I've got... Let me see how many I've got. I've got... I've got on... On regular podcasts, I've got an estimated audience size of seven people. So to you seven people listening to this, I just want to say thank you so much. You are literally the ish. I appreciate you so much. Um, 
I really, I really am motivated to continue to do this thing uh, when I see that number too. So uh, thank you for the extra encouragement. I appreciate it. And to everybody on YouTube who is watching this, I think I got an audience of about three or four on YouTube. I appreciate you as well. So in total, I guess we got about 10 people watching this thing. And uh, I think that that's pretty damn awesome. So thank you guys. Uh, if you want to connect with me on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram is The Combat Addict, no spaces. If you ever want me to talk about something or if you ever want me to make a video about something, you can always just comment or message message me, comment to me or message me uh, any, any suggestions or anything like that and I will take them into consideration. With all that being said, that is the end of the podcast for today, everybody. Thank you for listening. Combat Addict out.